Big Blue Insider is on. News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Get on the show. Call 280-CATS. That's 280-2287. Or toll free at 1-800-606-GAME. That's 1-800-606-4263. Big Blue Insider is brought to you by UK Healthcare. Now, here's Dick Gabriel. I am not Dick Gabriel. Curtis Birch, and tonight Dick Gabriel has the week off, so it took not one, not two, but three people to fill his shoes, and I had to set up a special meeting out at the beautiful Shamrocks patching location to get these guys to um, agree to come hang out with me, because, I mean, who wants to hang out with me? Anthony already does that once a week, so he's right. sick of it by now, um, but we got Anthony White, former UK running back, and Jeff Drummond of Cats Illustrated here to talk about all that's going on in the news. How are you guys doing this evening? Doing good. Excellent. Good. Had good. A nice, I rode my boat over here. And yeah, it's, it didn't take me too long at all. It's a little a little damp outside. I'm building a sauna in my house. Yeah, that's what Anthony's Anthony's big news of the day is that his power's out. So he was here about an hour early because he didn't want any part of the <laughs> the heat in his home. <laughs> Coming to get this. Uh, he might be staying at night. <laughs> right, right. He might hang out a little bit later until his power gets checked on um, and set back up. Um, so tonight. We're just going to talk about everything UK athletics and what's going on in the world of sports, summertime. So we're going to cover as many topics as we can. And I figured the best place to start, because the biggest news of the sports world last night was the NBA Awards. Probably no one was surprised with the MVP, James Harden. Uh, I don't know. Do you, do you agree? We'll just start there, Anthony. Do you think James Harden was the MVP of last year? Yeah, he had agreed. And, and uh Jalen Rose always talks about they should have the get all this out of the way before the playoffs start, or especially before the championship. Because up until the championship game, LeBron looked mm-hmm. immortal. And, I mean, even in the championship series, he, he, he still did some great things. But you look at the comparison, well, I guess the big comparison was LeBron against Harden. But Harden had an opportunity to beat Golden State and go yeah. to the championship. LeBron didn't put his team get put his team in position to win one game, so – at that point, I, I thought I thought Harden kind of solidified it. And number two, you mentioned the third place finisher, LeBron James, but the second was Anthony Davis. Uh, pretty impressive for him. Jeff, do you agree with the the MVP MVP voting? Well, I I'm in that group that thinks you could just about give it to LeBron every year right. if you really wanted to. He's the best basketball player on the planet, still is. But uh, I didn't have any issue with with Harden getting it. I thought he did everything he could to almost get that Rockets team, yeah. you know, over the hump and, and into the finals. And I I still wish we could have seen a Houston-Cleveland finals. would have been so much more exciting. But uh, Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, it, it's the thing – it's always funny when these things happen and then you get into debates and you see the stat memes that get circulated. Right. The, the one that's been going around the day is how LeBron James had, I think it was more points, assists, and rebounds, you know, over the season – but he played in 10 more games. <laughs> and obviously the stat, the little meme of that stat doesn't leave the per game in there. Right. And then someone says, well, you know, Harden outscored him per game. And the reply to that is, well, durability is should be rewarded. And it just always turns into this whole circular thing. But I did find it interesting that Anthony Davis, you know, finished second. And I'm kind of curious, if DeMarcus Cousins doesn't get hurt, is he even in the top maybe five? I mean, because late in the season is when he turned it on. Yeah, that actually kind of helped Anthony's stats. Uh, 
quite a bit when when he turned it into overdrive, you know, to compensate for Demarcus's absence. It, it, you know, it's a kind of a, a double-edged sword there. Uh, Anthony almost put them in a position to make some noise with a major upset. Yeah. <laughs> in in the playoffs, if they have Demarcus there, does it change the dynamic enough to where they're kind of that same old Pelicans team or? Well, AD's also in the in the running for the uh, for the defensive player of the year. He finished, so. second, he finished in second in that too. So I mean, he gets. I don't think they give silver medals out in these awards, but he right. finished second voting uh, to Rudy Gobert, who's the freakishly long, tall, and athletic guy that plays at Utah. And I mean, he probably is the best defensive player in the NBA, but he gets to focus on defense. He doesn't have much of a offensive output. You know, they're not leaning on him for that, so he just kind of does a defensive thing. And he's so athletic and so long, he's able to affect so many shots. But he had some injury issues. So some people thought that uh, Anthony Davis would have snuck in and, you know, pulled that award away. But, you know, finishing second for two major awards is a pretty okay accomplishment, I would imagine. I'll tell you one thing you keep an eye on. And I say this because Mike, Michael Jordan is my, is my, is my guy, my idol. Well, I don't really idolize anybody. But Mike, Mike is the man. And, and uh, talking to older guys in the league and guys that compete against Michael, like Joe Dumars and – the uh, the Knicks and, and, and Isaiah Thomas, they said they knew Jordan was going to become unstoppable after they kept beating him up and he stopped responding to the beat up. Like the first couple times he got, they, they knock him to the ground, he gets up, he's complaining to the ref. They said they knew they were in trouble when they knock him to the ground and he gets up and just walks to the free throw line. Like, here we go. And they're like, they can't phase him now. And I say that because at the end of last season, I was watching uh, Anthony Davis go, he was on the ground a lot. Yeah. And you know he's kind of you feel like he's kind of fragile because he's, well, he's he's so big and slim. And he's gotten some injuries in the past, nothing super right, serious, right, right. but you know he's missed time every season basically. So I think toward the end of the season, he I think his mind he's going now he's going to build up the the mental side of it where okay I know they're coming for this I, I'm going to be prepared. I think he's going to go in that Michael Jordan mode. As good as he is too, he still doesn't get the star treatment from the officials no. right fully yet because yeah. they beat him to death. In that uh, was it Golden State in the playoff series? Yeah, I mean yeah. they were really <laughs> physical and and banged him around. And you would think for a guy with his stature now, for uh, how long has he been in the league? Seven, eight years. See, two thousand twelve. So that's six, six. Yeah. So you know he still doesn't get quite as many calls as I would expect him to. to right. To kind of add to those stat lines. Yeah, I completely agree. He did win. I don't know how much of a constellation it is, but he won Block of the Year which I didn't even know was an award. I, I don't know the block off the top of my head, but, hey, that's pretty cool for him. And not surprising from what we saw at Kentucky, he had some spectacular blocks while he was here, obviously, that everybody saw that helped propel the team to a national championship. Yeah, if you can mug the ball, like if somebody's going in to make a dunk and you can mug the ball straight up, and that's the bad. Either that or will you swap the ball into, like, the fifth, sixth, tenth rope? <laughs> well, I, I, I like – I'm with you. I, I, I kind of go extremes. I think the best <laughs> ones are – or where they go into the seventh row, yeah, yeah. or a guy, and this is where Anthony Davis, I think, kind of specializes, a guy doesn't think you can block his shot because he's taking a jumper, right, and he's right. kind of out, and Anthony Davis just runs up there and blocks a three-pointer, and the guy's like, I, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, you can't do anything with that guy. He's just he's just so special. It wasn't a three-pointer, but that North Carolina game, yeah. that, that block still, I look back and say, how did he – get there that, that's so crazy because i mean that's that's one of those iconic moments and it was it was so surprising to your point and i remember this distinctly north carolina had no idea what to do because there were still what four seconds or so on the clock and they should have fouled because it was still one possession 
But all those North Carolina guys were trying to figure out how the heck this <laughs> alien dropped out of the ceiling and blocked a shot of their yeah, John Henson, who was tall himself, yeah. somehow blocks that jump shot. They were kind of baffled and, and took a breath and, and then weren't able to you know complete that and get the foul and attempt to try to win. So Kentucky pulled out the win, when, which was one of the most fun regular season wins of that season, I would think. I agree. That was one of the loudest single moments that I've been down on the court mm-hmm. at Rupp, you know, from my little photo spot yeah. sitting on the floor. The the <laughs> eruption and, and the noise was one of those you could feel it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you could, your hairs were your standing hairs stand up, up a little bit. So Yeah, because, uh, I mean, I don't think anybody expected it. And what's, Were you on that side or were you on the other? I was on the right side of the basket. So I actually got a pretty good shot, of it, of it. but I was kind of at kind of corner, forty-five degree yeah. angle uh, of it, and just the the explosion of noise when they had secured that because the game had lived up to all the hype, and Fantastic. those seldom come through like that. You know, when yeah. we get two great teams highly ranked like that to, to get one that that back and forth, right? You know, each guy had an answer for the other. So, tw- so 20, 30 years from now, you're going to be that guy. Because I always hear these guys. They always call on Sunday morning, you're going to be that guy. I was in the building one. I'm never in the building for that because I, I don't go to any games. But you're going to be that guy that 30 couple. years from now. I was in the building for <laughs> Well, that's that's the old uh, joke about the Randall Cup comeback against Arkansas. At the end of the game, there was probably like 5,000 people in the stadium, and everybody who had a ticket that day claimed they were there, even though oh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> I stayed through the whole thing. I have an admission to make. You left? I left to get photos started early. Oh, wow. Because that, I was not responsible for uh, doing story, a, a yeah, game or a that column time. or anything. And I was like, man, this is awful. I'm just going to go ahead and get these photos done. I'm listening in the car. Whoops. Hard lines hitting Cobb <laughs> twice in the fourth quarter. I was on my way out, and then they scored a touchdown. So I'm I'm going to be that guy and say I actually was there. See, Randall? Hey, hey, you need to talk to somebody. I'm the guy to talk to. These guys will leave you hanging, right? I, I was on my way, but I ended up staying, so I'll, I'll take it. Um, the other ward with Kentucky ties, which is probably getting the most national play outside of the MVP because it's oh, just yeah. a hilarious – story is Dwayne Casey yeah I mean he wins coach of the year but when he goes up currently he is the coach of the Detroit Pistons and he won the award because of the way he coached the Toronto Raptors and it wasn't that the Pistons hired him away the Raptors (laughs) fired a guy (laughs) won coach of the year and the crazy thing is he set records at Toronto uh like uh winning percentages and and whatnot and he lost to LeBron James which a lot of people have done and the the organization should know LeBron's not coming back to Cleveland. So why get rid of him? Like, why do you want to start? Who do yeah. who do they have lined up? Is uh well, Phil got, coming back to the bench? No, that's <laughs> the other thing that's making people scratch their head is they actually promoted an assistant. Wow. On Dwayne Casey's staff is the nurse is his name. And In other nurse, words, they needed a scapegoat. Basically, and is it what it boiled down the to. NBA coach of the year. Wow. So. Uh, I mean, those things happen. I think it happened to George Carl a few years ago, but I don't remember if Carl got immediately hired by somebody else. Somebody had Mike a Brown did too. Of like, LeBron that's, that's the worst fired. award you could ever win because yeah. so many of those guys are fired within a year or two. Wow. Of winning it, wow, usually expectations? not as you want it. <laughs> because yeah. expectations, you think? I guess so. After you do this, you got to grow on that. And and a lot of times, it's given to a guy that 
for a team that wasn't expected to do much. Yeah. So those some of those teams don't replicate the right, success, right. Yeah. and then they end up getting fired. Yeah. Because they couldn't do it again. Yeah, because I think that was, uh, if I'm remembering right, it was the franchise record for wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From Dwayne Casey, and <laughs> right. he gets fired for winning the most games in your franchise history. And listen, being swept, as you mentioned, being swept by LeBron, that wasn't a good look. But I mean, LeBron's going to do that. That's just you know, a bad matchup for them. They just, psychologically with some of their stars, they just seem to not be able to get over over the LeBron hump. And, I mean, there's, well, the whole Eastern Conference is in that boat right now, honestly. And I'll tell you, I, I bashed him uh, th- throughout that series because I felt like he had LeBron on the isolation, which mm-hmm. I don't know if that was his decision or if that was the, the guy they promoted. His decision to but don't isolate LeBron. That's just, that's just asking for the game to be over really quick. But the big thing... I, I took away from all that was it, it was a growing point, and a lot of people can learn from it, even Terrell Owens, how humble he was. He took a couple slide jabs. I felt like you could take it either way, but he's been very humble through the whole thing. Like, he could have said, look at these idiots. They, they let me go. Like, I'm accepting my award. Ha, ha. But he, he was pretty – this time he wasn't as humble as he was when it initially happened, the firing. But, I mean, he's handling it like a, he's handling it like a champ. It may work out for the best for him. In, in the long run because there's no, you know, guaranteed future for Toronto once their guys decide, yeah. you know, they may want to be somewhere else. And who knows, Detroit could be on the rise with a couple of decent picks. Yeah, I mean, they did uh, – the problem with them, though, is – and that's – we'll probably – we'll jump into this after this the break, but the, the main complaint from Detroit Pistons fans right now is the fact that they took Luke Kennard one pick ahead of Donovan Mitchell – and, of course, Donovan Mitchell was up for Rookie of the Year. He didn't win it. And I I found some irony in some of the people's online reactions to that because they didn't think the same things a few years ago. So we'll right. discuss that when we come back. Uh, you're listening to Big Blue Insider. We are live from Shamrocks on Patchen uh, Drive. Come out and see us, uh, say hi, and get some delicious food. We'll be right back on the Home of the Cats, News Radio 630, WLAP. Let me tell you about a place Somewhere up a New York way Where the people are so gay Twisting the night away Here they have a lot of fun White loves this music Welcome back into Big Blue Insider Curtis Burchin tonight for Dick Gabriel We are live from the Shamrocks on Patch and Drive Joined by the head bobber, Anthony White <laughs> Jeff Drummond from Cats Illustrated Bo Robinson, the one and only At Bo Big Blue on the Twitter, playing some awesome jams um, for us as we're coming back. We're going to get back into the uh, some NBA talk here in a bit, but we got a caller on the line. Um, Dennis probably wants to talk to him football because that's what he likes most, I think. Dennis, how are we doing tonight? Uh, by the way, Sam Cooke's one of the, one of the greatest Dennis singers ever. In our earphones, Bo. Hello? Dennis. You still there? I ain't getting no Dennis, so... We'll talk NBA, and we'll get we'll get worked out, and then we'll get Dennis back on the line here. Um, so, going into break there, we mentioned about the NBA Rookie of the Year. Um, ben Simmons won. Not surprising. He's Hamid Diallo. I mean, yeah, he is. And a lot of Louisville fans obviously wanted their guy Donovan Mitchell to win. And, you know, head-to-head, it's probably a pretty close battle, but Ben Simmons had more success in his quote-unquote rookie year. But, you know, the main – Main topic of contention is the fact that Ben Simmons got a, a year to kind of redshirt, <laughs> basically. Right, right, right. You know, he sat out and learned the ropes, and then came back in his first year was first year playing was actually his second year in the NBA. 
So, in my mind, I immediately clicked back to John Wall's year because Blake Griffin won the award. Okay. And I'm, I was kind of just curious. I'm, I'm like, you know what's kind of ironic? You know, all these people that wanted to think Donovan Mitchell should win because it's not fair didn't necessarily think that John Wall should have won. And those kind of seem to be divided between Kentucky and Louisville fans. <laughs> As a funny way of working out. Yeah, like that. yeah, that's normally how those things happen. <laughs> a lot of times. Who else? Name someone else off of Utah Jazz's roster. Well, the defensive player of the year. With Gorbear. I just heard Gorbear. about him this year. They got. Um, Thank you. I'll wait. I'll I know. wait. They had a white. Oh, anybody, they had a white anybody dude. Anybody Ricky Rubio. The heck out of it. Who was the big guy? Ricky there? Rubio. So you didn't even know their names. <laughs> no, I got them. You didn't now. even know their names. Ricky Rubio. Uh, Joe Ingles. Who? Ingles. Joe Ingles. Ricky English? Rubio. Alex Ingles. English? No, he's actually Australian. <laughs> His nickname is Jingles. <laughs> he was dropping Which is some, a pretty good nickname. He was dropping some crazy threes in a Yeah, he was. That's he was impressive. So. Uh, um, yeah, so I mean, they didn't have. To your point, they didn't have a ton of ton of players, yeah. <laughs> but he was doing some some impressive stuff. Yeah. Uh, looks like I think we've got the phone lines all fixed up. So let's go back to Dennis. Hey, Dennis, how are we doing this evening? Maybe we don't have him fixed. Maybe it's us. I don't think it's us. I think we can hear. He can probably hear us, and we're probably talking over him right now. But that's okay. We'll get Dennis lined up. Dennis, Dennis is a lawyer call, loyal caller, and he probably wants to talk to Anthony because he always likes to talk to Anthony on Sunday morning. Plus, so. I didn't call him stupid, dumb, or whatever. Who did Sunday that? When I told him, because he asked me about replacing Freddie Maggard, and I said, "That's that's just not something you do. You can't do that. Like you just setting yourself up. You setting yourself up for failure. It's like yeah. rude for the Browns. <laughs> like that's just something you don't do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a good." That's not a good way to go. But uh, jumping back into Rookie of the Year, I, I guess I'll just flat out ask you guys, you seem to be leaning towards Donovan Mitchell just no, no matter what the how, how things are organized. You liked him better than Ben Simmons. But do you think it's fair that a second-year guy is eligible even though he didn't play in his first year? No, I don't. And, and like I said, I think that, well, he was hurt the first year. He sandbagged through LSU. So, yeah. I mean, he really took two years off, so he was fresh. But I, <laughs> but when I watched Donovan Mitchell play, I mean, he was leaving it out there. Like, he, yeah. He, he, well, he really dominated the game. He huh. was hurt in his last playoff series. Yeah. I mean, he was, like, right. hobbling around. So I think he really laid it out there. And I think Ben is going to probably be better if he work, develops his outside game. But he just has so many people around him that can help him and spread the floor because there's so many other people that have to worry about. I, I, I think Donovan, Donovan had the bigger impact on the team, mm-hmm. and that's what the war should have been given to. If Donovan was playing in Philly and Simmons was playing in Utah, I think you'd see – Probably an opposite point. result. Good point. Yeah. Because Utah, I didn't see Utah play a game until the playoffs. Right. <laughs> they just they don't get put That's on true. TV. Yeah. So I don't know what kind of season he had regular season. I know he was on fire in the playoffs. Right. And I think a lot of people fall into that same boat. We, The Sixers were kind of uh, hyped up because of the young talent they have with Embiid and and Simmons and those other guys. So we got yeah. to see a lot more of him, and that I think that carried a lot of weight when it came to the vote. Yeah, I agree. And I I, I think in, it's tough to off the top of my head remember back. I think Blake Griffin probably was the clear winner back there, you know, from impact on the, the court standpoint. Uh, yeah. John Watt, I think he had a good rookie year, but it wasn't, you know, spectacular. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, the rules are the rules, and you got to play by them, so I don't really have a problem with Ben Simmons getting it. But it is impressive from both those guys – first year playing lead their teams 
to the second round of the playoffs. I don't know when rookies have done that often. Those two guys have bright futures, and I don't think there's any question about that. And the other question about that, though, is, our, again, back to, and I think Jalen has a good point. Was, was this decided before the playoffs? Because you just said, just like everybody else, we didn't see him play until the playoffs. So was this decided? We, If it was decided before, you, before the playoffs, then we wouldn't have known how good Donovan was because we haven't seen him play. In a lot of people's minds, I think, it was over for Simmons probably a month before the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Yeah, uh, that's that's probably true. Speaking of kind of new guys into the NBA and also along those awards, there was a tweet last night from a guy who hasn't played uh, in an NBA game, but he already has a record. I don't know if you guys heard this. Shea Gilgis Alexander, <laughs> longest name on the back of a jersey in the history of the NFL or NBA. Uh, I thought you were talking about the ball guy when you said he has a record. <laughs> I want it just to be SGA <laughs> on the back of there. We'll, we'll get to what uh, Shay had to say about the awards after this break. You're listening to Big Blue Insider live from the Patch and Shamrocks on the home of the Cats, News Radio 630, WLAP. Welcome back into Big Blue Insider. Curtis Birch in tonight, even though I'm technically out, I guess, of the station. As we're at Shamrocks Bar and Grill on Patch and Drive. Joined tonight by Anthony White. He was an amazing running back at UK. I don't think he'll fight me if I phrase it that way. Current host of Sunday Morning Sports Talk on these very airways, 9 to 12, each Sunday morning. And Jeff Drummond of Cats Illustrated. Going into the break, if you want to jump in and give us a question, we got all the phone lines fixed up now. There was someone cut one, (laughs) tree hit it or something, I don't know, it was underwater. But Bo, the fearless producer, got it all. All worked out, and we are set over the set right now. So you can give us a call two eight zero two two eight seven or tweet. You can tweet me at Curtis Birch B U R C H or at Big Blue Insider One, or you can tweet either of these guys here. Why don't you guys give your Twitter handles real quick while I'm thinking about it? Capital A, lowercase D O T W, capital W H I T E. A dot white, not the not the dot dot, but the word dot. <laughs> a dot white. And mine's at J D R U M J Drum U K. There you go. So you can tweet those guys as well with any of your questions or comments. Going into that last break, I mentioned uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander setting a record for the longest name in the history of the NBA, surpassing Michael Carter-Williams. So Gilgis-Alexander, I forget the exact number of characters, but when they headed on the jersey, it looked kind of crazy because it like almost circled the entire number. <laughs> um, Do but, you remember how Dave Concepcion's jersey looked? Back in the really old 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 days, <laughs> like when he came up with the Reds, the the lettering was so big, it's it started at the bottom of the one, and, and went it came all the way all, around. wrapped all the way around <laughs> to the bottom of the three. Um, but what I enjoyed most from him uh, last night during those NBA awards, which we were discussing, was the fact that he put out a tweet and he said, "Them boys are looking good at the NBA awards tonight, but I wonder who started this floral trend with suits." And he has the little thinking emoji and then a couple of dots and a question mark. Obviously, everybody knows about his draft suit. It looked like it was compared to your grandma's drapes, your grandma's couch. <laughs> um, but he went all out, and apparently a lot of the current NBA guys kind of followed suit. That must be a trend. I liked it. I don't know, how do you feel about the floral floral shirt or suit, and, suit matching shirt? It looked great on him Yeah, is what I thought. And it, then I pictured myself in it, and it cracked up. <laughs> Yeah, it's bold. There's no question about that. 
going everything the same as it looked. I don't I don't know if you you've seen. I guess uh, LeBron did it though, didn't he? Didn't he go straight white? Everything was white and then a tie. But white's different. Though. I know white's it is. That's what I'm saying. But I'm just trying to remember everything yeah. going the same. And one of my favorite tweets when they were talking about NBA draft. Uh, fashion was they actually had LeBron's draft class compared to the current draft class. And the first thing you realize side by side is, you know, Trey Young either looks very fashionable or very ridiculous, depending on your thoughts, wearing that suit that had shorts, <laughs> you know, uh, the short suit, as it's been called. But all the the legs were, you know, the skinny legs cut down to the calves. And then when you scrolled over and you looked at LeBron's, uh, draft class. I mean, it looked like the guys were wearing almost parachute pants by comparison because they were so wide on their ankles that they kind of like right. spread out. I, I mean, fashion's kind of crazy, man. It goes both ways. And the one thing I'll say for Shea, going forward, his his suit is uh, always going to be shown. <laughs> going, <laughs> it'll be if he becomes a star, it'll be oh look how crazy who was it? Jalen Rose had that red suit, red right? Suit, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kim wore that bow tie. Looked like he just went and got a wedding, <laughs> a wedding tux <laughs> rental place. And then you got Shay uh, looking like your grandma's couch walking up there too. So I think he's he done he did himself some favors there. Um, we actually do got a caller on the line now. Wade's on there. Hey Wade, how are we doing this evening? I'm doing great. How are y'all? We are fantastic. You got a question for the guys here tonight? Yeah, I just had something to hear what y'all had to think about it. Uh, in the last hour, a story dropped about uh, Wendell Carter Jr.'s mother uh, being mad at Coach K for Marvin Bagley joining the team without um, them knowing. It just seems like it's uh, just another thing in a long list of things that Coach K has done to parents or students in the last years that's kind of disrespectful or, you know, not treating them right. I just wanted to see what y'all had to say about that. Yeah, we, we actually had that written down. We were discussing that before the show. We are going to get to it in a bit. We'll, we'll jump into it now. Uh, thanks for the call, Wade. Really appreciate it. Um, there were some cutting comments, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> I mean, you were reading them. Um, what were your kind of top-line thoughts from them? Well, I'm a little surprised that this hasn't been a more common thing since the declassification, reclassification, reclassification. I should say. Nobody's taking themselves out of it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I think it's going to be a big headache for coaches moving forward, and I I wouldn't be surprised if all the major programs who have taken advantage of it, Kentucky included, that it doesn't become a little bit of a problem. And one thing John Calipari seems to have mastered over the years is he can put these guys together get them on the same page and, and get them to put egos aside for the greater good. Mm-hmm. But Duke doesn't have a great deal of experience <laughs> in it just yet. And I, it may have caught Coach K a little bit by surprise that these two guys would have forces behind them looking yeah. out for, for number one, you know. And and I, I could see where the, the Carters are coming from because it, it kind of changed his game and what he had to do there at Duke opposed to what, he thought he was getting into when he committed to them. Can you give me the bullet points on this whole thing? Yeah, here's what it said. Basically, I, I mean, Duke people it. know um, that Marvin Bagley joined Duke late. He reclassified and came. Right. Wendell Carter had been committed to Duke for a little bit, and it was already on campus, I believe, by the time um, Wendell Carter Jr. was on there. And he was the top-rated prospect coming in. Right. I mean, he right. was going to be the man. Right. He was going to be run through him. And then all of a sudden this stuff came in. You know, Bagley reclassifies and – 
you know, if you get the number one player in the class, who Marvin Bagley was, and you know, number two draft pick, right? Uh, you take him. And this um, was but, like weeks before school started, right? There had been rumors also for a lot of the summer, yeah, but officially it wasn't until July or August, right? If I'm it, remembering, it was an eleventh hour. Yeah, okay. it was super late deal. But the quote now, and it's from uh, NBC Sports Chicago. It's from Wendell Carter Jr.'s mom, and she said she was upset. Not because Marvin Bagley came in, but here's her quote. She said, to be honest, I felt like there was information that was kept from us. It felt shady. It felt like my baby was going to get kicked to the curb. So basically they felt like Coach K was like, you're the star, you're going to be the man. But then all this time they were working kind of behind the scenes with the Bagley family to get right, right. Marvin the third right. eligible for college next year. And as a 18-, 17-year-old kid – I know, I know your word strong is oak, that whole line and everything. But are they supposed to keep him in the middle of somebody else's personal, Bagley's personal concerns and decisions? That's not a three-way thing. That's between the coach and the player. Now, maybe Coach K could have corresponded with Carter and them a little more, but I don't I don't, know. I don't think it's shady. I mean, it's a little sticky. I don't think it's shady. Yeah, I, 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 I don't really think it is either, and I don't really – without knowing additional details, I wouldn't – yeah. I wouldn't criticize Coach K too right, much right. just yet because, you know, closer here to home, we have a situation this season where Emmanuel quickly had been committed to Kentucky mm-hmm. for yeah. a long time to be Coach Cal's next point guard. Right, right. The man at the school that's, you know, point guard you. And now all of a sudden Ashton Higgins has been added as a, you know, a reclassified player right. into the mix. So that changes things. and. And like I said, I think Cal's kind of become the master of it, and he he was probably out ahead of that, and yeah. has been on the same page with all the parties, and that might be the key distinction because it it doesn't sound like the Carters were kept up to speed about yeah, what was going to happen. I think quickly was aware that this was a possibility for a, for a while with Higgins. I mean, he was it was well known by the time. Um, the all-star high school circuit was going around like quickly was asked at the McDonald's game, you know, about his thoughts on that. And he, he was receptive to it. So he was aware probably much earlier than Wendell Carter was about Marvin Bagley. So that probably eases it a little bit with him. Um, and but with the, guards, you can kind of, yeah, Cal exactly. has shown you can mix and match. Right. And a lot of people play three guards now anyway. And he talks about positionless basketball with big guys. Yeah. You know, if you're the guy, yeah, you're yeah, big, yeah, and they yeah. bring in another big, that yeah. changes yeah. things considerably. Yeah, and this wasn't the first time because I think Wendell Carter said something. It wasn't this kind of inflammatory about basically calling <laughs> Coach K shady, um, but at the, he was quoted to reporters saying something along the lines like he felt like he wasn't able to show everything he could do at Duke, and wow. you know he didn't get all the opportunities he thought he was going to at Duke, and so he feels like he's underappreciated. And, I mean, the other thing – that I heard, which was kind of interesting, is all the guys, like the Duke players, uh, they were asked, you know, who's the best um, player beside yourself that's going in the draft? You know, so you get Gary, Trent Jr., Trayvon Duvall, Grayson Allen, all those guys. And they all picked Wendell Carter over Bagley. They were like, it's close, but, you know, we like Wendell's game. So we'll see how it works out for both those guys on the next level. Neither are going to great spots, the Bulls in the There seem to be maybe some underlying locker room type issues which maybe kept them from going yeah. further than they did. And rumor has it that this next team has some of those same things going on with, with the guys that he has signed uh, for this season. Yeah. 
It makes me think of two situations. I think you hit the nail on the head the way you handled it. Because isn't, didn't that same thing happen with Bledsoe and Wall? Bledsoe was, was yeah. thinking about not coming if 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 that was the case. So I, I think, like you said, if you I think you're absolutely right. If you get out ahead of it, then uh, then you don't have that issue. And it wasn't Shabazz or uh, well, no, no, uh, Wiggins. Wiggins didn't want to play with certain players, so he didn't come. Yeah, that was kind he of rumor, so he, he was, was ahead of him to make that decision. Yeah, he was, he was so too full. I think it's a communication pattern. You were probably right. All right, let's jump back to the phone lines. We've got Anthony on the line. Hey, Hello, Anthony, how, are you, how you doing, doing fellas? Here? Hey, Curtis, uh, if you remember about a week, a week and a half ago, you remember when I, I called it and everything else when uh, Reed, the Stanford transfer, Reese Travis, uh, decided to come to Kentucky uh, when he had turned down the offer the, uh, for a visit to Villanova. I, I just had that feeling that he was going to be here. And uh, talking about uh, the first game, uh, Kentucky against Duke. Is it, uh, To all your fellows that's out there right there, uh, is this one of the biggest games in a lifetime, of, of a first game of a college basketball season that you ever heard of? Or is any other game similar? I can tell you one year what, what game was similar to this was the 1979-80 season when we had Cal Macy, he was our senior, and we had Sam Bowie as our freshman at the time when we played against uh, the Duke Blue Devils at that time who was under the coach of Bob Foster of the first game of the season. Oh, wow. that, yeah, that was a big one. Thanks, thanks for the call, Anthony. We'll, we'll break that down. I mean, it's certainly rare in the last decade. I mean, they have some of the uh, those Air Force games that are big matchups last year, West Virginia and Texas A&M. I, don't, I think that was both of their first games uh, when they played uh, at a Arms Force base across the sea. That was a big one. But for Kentucky, I can't recall one off the top of my head recently. I, I can't either, and without looking at it, I know going way back like the caller did, there was a, an early season matchup that was super hyped between uh, Kentucky and Houston one mm-hmm. year, I think think it was. Uh, I'm not sure which. Yeah. When they had Olajuwon, the Cats had Bowie and yeah. Turpin. Unless I'm, I'm getting my dates confused. Uh, but I think they're kind of taking their cue from college football a yeah. little bit where you've seen these, uh, do they call it the kickoff classic? Or, yeah, yeah, and, the and Chick-fil-A had, kickoff or whatever along those they've lines. They've managed to get you know some huge programs to agree to play that first game even though it may not be in their best interest yeah, yeah. to do so the way football works. Uh, Louisville <laughs> with Alabama this year. The, we'll see how that works I out for them. It, no, oh, like, no, it's awesome it's to like, watch. but that, There's going to be more hype for that than I, we've seen going into a season in a long time. I definitely think it'll be the most hype going into a college basketball season because of those two programs, the two coaches, and all the guys that are that are being brought in as freshmen. It is ironic that – you know, Duke is the one that's going to have all the, the freshmen that are going to be really highlighted, and Kentucky will have the guys that are returning to college basketball. You know, you mentioned Reed Travis. I'm sure he's going to get a lot of play in the national spotlight because of his kind of crazy circumstances going from Stanford to Kentucky is not a normal a normal situation for most guys. Makes me uh, just remembered in 95-96, they played UMass oh, yeah. in the Maybe the second, second game. game. It was very early, though, and then wound up playing them again in the Final Four. I think you could have that same kind of deal set up here with, with Duke yeah. and Kentucky. Yeah, um, we're going to get to a break, but we do. There are updated Vegas odds since Reed Travis came to Kentucky. 
Uh-oh. We're going to give you those after this break. We are live from the Shamrocks on Patch and Drive. I'm Curtis Birch, uh, joined tonight by Anthony White and Jeff Drummond. You're listening to Big Blue Insider on the home of the Cats, News Radio 630, WLAP. Welcome back in to Big Blue Insider. Curtis Birch in tonight. I believe. Is this Temptations, Anthony? No. Who is, is it? it? I think this is Tim. Bose needs to text me and let me know. I'm pretty sure that if it ain't the Temps, it's somebody close. Normally that's a Dick Gabriel special because he loves him some, some Temptations. Um, but he is out tonight. I'm in. Um, joined by Anthony White, Jeff Drummond. For the break we were talking about, Bo just texted me. It is a Temptations. So there we go. Confirmed. Okay. Um, before the break we were talking about kind of – you know, dealing with the some reclassification, and also today there was a pretty big story about uh, reclassification overall. Uh, it was put together by John Hale of the Courier-Journal, kind of overlooking uh, some people. I uh, feel like this term is overused a lot, but some people call it epidemic. <laughs> um, crisis. <laughs> crisis, transfer crisis, how are people dealing with this? Uh, but the reclassification is very real. Lots of basketball players are doing it. It happens in football, but it's not of the same uh, kind of level because most of it is split because they do the early early enrolling, and so you're not gaining that extra year necessarily. But it was mentioned in the uh, – Commission on College Basketball's report that they one of these is this is one of the issues they wanted to quote unquote fix that they they thought was a problem. So, uh, Anthony, we've talked about this on Sunday morning, but overall, I mean, fan or don't like the reclassification from a basketball or football standpoint. Uh, I don't. I mean, I I just don't like all the 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 scuttlebutt around it. Like if if it, if it if it's for a reason, a good reason. But trying to manipulate it and strategically, you know, maneuver it, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I keep up with it for a little while, but after a while, I'm tired with it. Is this guy recla- – oh, yeah, he classified at the, at the, like you said, at the 11th hour. I, I, don't, I don't know. Selfishly, I hate it because yeah. I have to write about it, and I don't, never know what yeah. to call <laughs> right, right. <laughs> some of these guys and what class they're in. I'm, I'm a little OCD in that regard, and – when things change like that, right, it it throws throws me yeah. off. and messes with me. But from a personal standpoint, I've always been about kind of that whole thing, kind of like Cal says, players first. It's about them, right? right. Ultimately, and yeah, I, I think they should be able to 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 do whatever fits their situation best. But yeah, because I mean, a lot of these guys had through switching schools or whatever, or going to a prep school. Sometimes you know they're actually. But the class they're in, they they didn't start out that in kindergarten necessarily. So I, I think, Jeff, this is probably true. A good portion of those guys are just reclassifying to their true class for the most part. And, I mean, you kind of forget how many Kentucky's had over the years. I mean, starting back, Carl Towns did it. Now, he did it so early that it, you know, wasn't, it wasn't like – We didn't even have a word for it. Exactly. Really. <laughs> right. It was like, oh, he's going to be a junior next year instead of a sophomore. It was just one of those deals, and obviously he didn't need <laughs> any extra time in high school. There was no fanfare. To, I don't even think there was like an announcement or anything. It just eventually he decided to do it, and that's what he was doing. Yeah. And then uh, in recent uh, news, the, the Western one that has double Kentucky ties is Charles Bassey of Aspire Academy 
committed to Western Kentucky and reclassified to play college basketball next year. So, I mean, it, it happens all over the place. We were mentioning Duke. They have two more this year. R.J. Barrett and Joey uh, Baker both did it. Um, Baker was another one that was super late. There's some some talk that he might redshirt, but he's probably not going to be a contributor this year for the Blue Devils either way. But I don't know. It's, it's It just seems like uh, the whole deal for what most of this boils down to is the NBA has a rule and people are trying to get around it. Yeah, and that's what I said. I don't, I don't like the whole thing of just, you know, like I said, trying to maneuver and position yourself. If if you were ahead and you, and like I said, we talked about on our show, Larry Vaught agreed. I don't know uh, how your curriculum was, but my senior year for the to go to college, the clearinghouse, I just needed uh, language, English, and math. I need three classes. But since I played sports, I played all, well, I played two sports. I didn't run track my senior year that I had to be in school all year. So I had to stay in school all day. So I had like five study halls and uh, two lunches so <laughs> if i could reclassify like her just take these two take your math yeah. and english in the summer and come out and that's like okay i may do that but i'm not positioning myself like well i'm going to stay in next year or i don't know why don't we look at it that way too and that's a lot more efficient yeah than what we would ask you to do right in right that situation yeah yeah it it kind of runs contrary to what we think about most other things and and dragging things out longer than they need to be and wasting, you know, time and resources. Yeah. Yeah, people – it seems like it's a double-edged sword. People complain about, you know, recruits dragging out commitment ceremonies and all those <laughs> things. But, hey, I'm trying to wrap up this high school career. Well, you're also going to get criticized for that. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> by some. So, I, I don't know. I don't think it's that big a deal. It, it is just kind of weird and changes college basketball when, when guys do it so late in the process, like Bagley did last year. And to a certain extent, Higgins did, did this year. So – I said I was going to talk about Vegas odds this, this segment, but I lied. I apologize for that. We'll make up for it next segment. We'll get those. Who's the favorite to win the College Basketball National Championship? I'm Curtis Birch, in tonight for Dick Gabriel, live at the Patch and Shamrock Bar and Grill on 630 WLAP. Welcome back into Big Blue Insider. I'm Curtis Birch, and tonight for Dick Gabriel, joined this evening by Anthony White, host of Sunday Morning Sports Talk, former UK running back, and Jeff Drummond of Cats Illustrated. We are at the Shamrocks Bar and Grill on Patch and Drive. If you want to come out, give us a shout, eat some delicious food, I would recommend you do that. We ordered food just a little bit ago, and we'll report how great it tastes. Um... Going in, uh, last hour, we had, we covered a ton of topics, including the first matchup. Anthony called in with a question, not Anthony White. I don't know why he would call in true. on a show that he's already on. But uh, <laughs> a guy named Anthony called in. He calls in regularly and was talking about the first game. We were trying to come up with a, a better first game than UK versus Duke. Jack uh, sent me a message and said he thinks that that UK-Houston matchup that you were referring to, Jeff, was on Super Bowl Sunday he said the only one he can remember that was that early in the season and was that big was the Dream Game 2 in 83. He thinks UofL was sixth and Kentucky was second um, in the preseason rankings. And that wouldn't, I don't think that would have, I don't know if that was an opener or not, but it would have, that obviously would have been a huge That sounds familiar, game. yeah. That, that Houston was definitely before the uh, Super Bowl now that I think about it. But I, I think that one he's talking about, if I recall, may have been the second game in yeah. early December. Yeah. And uh, 
I think it was like a it was a big deal because it was on TBS if I remember right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, back yeah. then all the games, you know, you were glad to have the games on TV back then. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> then you got to see them. Um, yeah, so I can't. We can't come up with one that you know that's going to be bigger than this Duke Kentucky matchup because, as we've been discussing, they're two of the top teams. And as I said last segment, I'll actually get to it. The NCAA. Uh, Odds, according to Vegas, Bovada put them out. The top two choices are Kentucky and Duke. <laughs> Kentucky is one right now. They are six to one. Duke is right behind them at thirteen to two. Kansas is the third choice, eight to one. Villanova, seventeen and two. Gonzaga rounds out the top five there at nineteen to two. Louisville comes in at seventy-five to one. They're obviously not looked at to be. You know, a contender this year, they're trying to piece stuff together with a bunch of grad, grad transfers, including a guy that was already at Louisville, then transferred to two other schools, and now he's coming back, which is a crazy story in and of itself. Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> Wraps his career all up. But uh, what do you think about those odds, Anthony? I mean, do you, do you hate them? Do you, do you, hopefully nobody listens to them on the Kentucky team? What are your thoughts? I mean, I like it. I mean, I, I, every year we come in, I think we have a we have a shot at winning championship, you mm-hmm. know, depending on how they develop. And this year we're starting off a little bit earlier. I mean, I, I like the house. I would like to see what Duke does, and I'm going to keep a, a, a huge eye on Duke just because they have put a lot of talent together. And I've said all along, my favorite team has always been John Wall and those guys. At, 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 but I don't think Cal was prepared for what he had. I think he's done a great job of managing these guys. Now, I want to see how, how Coach K handles it, and then I want to see what kind of scrutiny uh, Coach K is under if it doesn't pan out, if they're not looking at – if they lose more than three or four games. Like I said, if they lose more than three games, I think people are going to – I'm going to have to tune in see how bad they bash him as, as some people do Cal. Yeah, he's got, I mean, Jeff mentioned it about kind of the going into the season. People are already prepping for controversy between those guys because mainly I think it has to do mostly with the fact that they all basically are the same player. They're three top players, the three top-ranked players that in the class. They have the, the, Most people know that, but Duke has the three top players ranked in this next coming recruiting class. R.J. Barrett, Zahn, Williamson, and Cam Reddish are all hybrid forwards, I right. think, in their minds. And they're going to have to kind of fit those pieces together. Yeah, somebody from that group is going to have to play down low quite a bit, and yeah. none of them really fancy themselves as as post players. They want to be the the new breed of you know yeah. NBA type hybrid forward, as you you said, a combo guy. Yeah, and I mean, I, I guess it'll be weird. I mean, they also have uh, the other. If you're looking at kind of this is probably a deeper dive than into Duke's roster than most people are interested in. Even well, I wouldn't say that since they are Kentucky's first opponent. But you know, I was at the USA camp, uh, Nike Hoop Summit, and you know the the other guy that they got coming in that's highly rated is Trey Jones, who uh, his brother Tyus uh, won a championship at Duke, and he's going to be their point guard, and that might cause some butting of heads as well because rj barrett loves to take the ball up the court he he sees we talk about ben simmons he thinks and i think he probably is pretty close to a ben simmons type where his his best asset is having the ball in his hands it's a crazy talented group but it's an odd mix yeah as you put it and it makes me wonder with these comments coming out from the carter family were all of these guys informed ahead of time and on the same page 
you know, knowing what yeah. they were getting into because they're going to have to sacrifice. They're going to have to do what Cal has asked his guys to do over the years. And, and Kate, as good as Coach K is, he doesn't have as much experience no. in juggling that. He's, K is going to be the, the X factor. I, t- I tell you, it's either going to be really good or really bad for <laughs> these two reasons. It's going to be like the Golden State Warriors. You send all these guys a hybrid. They're all If you spread the floor and let them all slash and get an opportunity to go one-on-one, but the only difference between the NBA and college is you can run zone. So everybody's going to sit in the lane and like, hey, if you guys are going to beat me, you're going to beat me from outside. But if they can get teams to spread out and let Zion and, and, the, and those guys, you know, get to the lane and get inside the block, they're so athletic. And But that's going to be the thing. Are they going to be disciplined enough? Because the team, my favorite team, I say again, that loss to West Virginia was because we didn't get inside the mm-hmm. lane and we didn't even attempt to. That was that was the that was the flaw in that game. Thirty three attempted <laughs> three pointers. I'll uh, I'm working on a, a little bit something. <laughs> the number still burned in my mind from the drive back. I drove to Syracuse. Oh my wow. gosh! For those games, wowzers! And I envisioned every one of those brick three pointers on the long journey. Wow! Back. That's that is a heck of a drive and. <laughs> Jeff, you probably should have taken a train <laughs> like we did. We talked about this yesterday, and we talked about it on Sunday. That was scary. Uh, the Kentucky team did a little train tour, and I'm, I'm trying to work some stuff up for the, the website, but I'll give it a little piece because uh, I actually jumped on the train at Midway, and there's a picture um, that was put on UK Basketball's account about the, having a little team meeting and, one, and the caboose, and that's where we're staying, and uh, this is going to make Anthony happy. The poster board the, that they had was still there when I got on the train. So I there was about five bullet points, and I'm going to post these this week on the website and kind of give a rundown of thoughts. But one of the bullet points, and I'm guessing this is Cal telling the current team this, uh, he wanted, um, he says, it said, drive the ball, and then it pointed to paint touches. So obviously he wants this team to get into the paint as much as possible. There you go. Well, you got Reed Travis and P.J. Washington, two guys built like that. Yeah. That ball better be going into the paint a lot. Yeah, and that's kind of the, you know, it's it's kind of almost flipped to a certain extent between Duke and Kentucky because a lot of the times it seems like Kentucky Calipari has just had a bunch of big guys. I mean, uh, and he's tried to fit those pieces together. And now it seems like all the pieces are just a little bit different, you know, and they, yeah. they would seem like they would – be able to mesh a lot better than they they had in the past sometimes when he struggled like last year you know because everybody says the example that's always at the top of my mind is Kevin Knox should play the four and he couldn't play the four last year because he had you know if you wanted the most talented guys on the court when everybody was healthy you wanted Vanderbilt and Washington on the floor at the same time so Knox had to play the three I think it's going to be fun to look at all the combinations yeah there's you know, there's already a lot of thoughts out there on who should start and <laughs> before we've even seen these guys yeah. one time. But he's got so many different kind of options he could play. And that old platoon word could resurface because he legitimately has nine or ten guys who can play and, and probably deserve a shot to play. I don't know if we're platooning yet. I don't know if we're that far ahead. I, I'm with you, though. I think we got enough people we can interchange. And I like the fact we got a couple. We got some sprinkles of some 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 age in there. We got not age. Like, even Quade coming back, He's I think he learned a lot. And I think and the one thing when I talk to people in public about, we think the team is going to be next year. They're all openly admitting, well, I didn't do this last year. I didn't. It's not like, oh, I just I didn't get enough. I didn't get a chance. They, they're not making excuses. I didn't do this. Like, they, I think they look themselves in the mirror so coming yeah. back in I think is an opportunity to Yeah, I don't I mean 
the most eye-opening thing to me was the, the fact when, and I don't know if you were over there when we got a chance to talk to Nick Richards a few weeks ago. We talked to all the returners, and I mentioned this before, but you know, he said he was asked about contemplating, you know, going to the NBA, and the way he put it was, "No, I didn't even think about that because I didn't like the way my I left my mark here at Kentucky." Right. I think that's a pretty profound statement, and I, I mean, objectively, you look at it, that's accurate. He was a weak link by the end of the year. Now, the, the reasons about that, he said there was some off-the-court stuff that he didn't want to dive into, and that's his personal life, so I don't necessarily blame him for that. But if he can get those things corrected, then you're looking at a ridiculously deep front court. You're looking at four guys that would probably start nearly any other college basketball team. Yeah, He was really relaxed, too, when we had that chance to talk to him quite a bit different than I may have expected for a guy who came off, you know, that season. The end of his season was really rough Very to watch rough. at times, and you felt for him uh, personally. But when he spoke to us, he gave me the sense that he's going to have a really nice kind of bounce-back sophomore season if he can improve in, in some areas. And I think he's a guy that a lot of people are writing off kind of automatically the way he finished the year and could be like a big X factor coming in. in in certain ways a little bit like terrence jones if, if yeah. you remember yeah how things developed for him and and changed i i think he could be a guy by the end of the line you know next march could be a huge factor that is jeff drummond of cats illustrated also anthony white's with us tonight i'm going to wrap up this segment reading a tweet from bluegrass jack we were talking about reclassification last hour and Jack said, was a teacher's aide for two periods, had P.E. for a fourth year, and A.P. English for my senior year. It's not unbelievable these guys reclassify. Yeah. Most people look back on their senior seasons, <laughs> senior <laughs> years in high school. They can understand that. Uh, you're, we are live from the Shamrocks on Patch and Drive. Come out and join us. You're listening to Big Blue Insider on the home of the Cats, News Radio 630, WLAP. Curtis Birch in for Dick Gabriel tonight. Bo Robinson spinning a Rolling Stones cover. Well, this might not be a cover. I'm not Otis. Otis covering some Stones. Don't get too much better than that. Jeff Drummond loves him some music. He's actually wearing a little little Tom Petty Heartbreakers shirt tonight. Well, we're here at the Patch and Shamrock Bar and Grill. Bo is uh, on fire tonight. Oh, he always is, man. Yes, he That's is. That's what he does. That's what, it's a, he just crushes it every time. Um, he, I mean, when anytime you get Anthony White bobbing his head, you know you've made a good musical selection. Jeff Drummond, Cats Illustrated, join us. We're talking, we talked a lot of basketball in the past couple segments. We're going to jump to some, some football news. Obviously, uh, Benny Snell, one of the biggest stars for this year's Kentucky football team, SI comes out with their top 100 college football players. And Benny Snell was ranked 66th. Anthony, too high, too low, just right? What do you think? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I do have – let me pull this up real quick. I have his – the comps around him. So I'll give you the – I'll give you 68, 67, and then 65 and 64. 68, Andrew Thomas, offensive lineman from Georgia. 67, Joe Jackson, defensive end from Miami, 66, Benny Snell, 65, Jake Fromm, Georgia quarterback, 64, Colin Johnson, 
Texas wide receiver. While you got it pulled up, do me one more solid. Give me the uh, give me the backs that are ranked above. That's what I want. The backs. I, well, the one I, I had the top five, and the, the number two player is Bryce Love uh, from Stanford. Where's Swift at? Georgia. Uh, I'll pull is he him above up. him? Because he ain't can... even played yet. If you put that, he put him above my boy, then he's maybe a little low. <laughs> uh, let's see, fifty-eight. You got Miles Gaskins from Washington, the running backs. I'm rolling through right now. 53, Stephen Carr from USC. See if we got any more running backs. Uh, Devin Singletary from Florida Atlantic. He is number 35. Justice Hill from Oklahoma State, 31. There's actually a surprising amount of running backs. Now, in I want to see some. I want to see some stats with that guy. Yeah, I know they're a neat <laughs> defense being played right. in the Big 12. J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State is 26th, another running back. And that looks to be it. And then, as I mentioned, oh, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin is 6th. Bryce Love, Stanford, too. So quite a few running backs ahead of him. 66, I think is a little bit low. I think he deserves top 50. I, th- I think I think he absolutely deserves top 50. And it may, I think sometimes they may take that junior ranking into account sometimes. Like he has another year, so they don't want to put, yeah, they don't want to throw everything that. on you. And he he did split time the first year, so I think they they kind of feel like he's not proven. I don't know how you can feel like he's not proven, but eh, I would like to see fifty ish. But that's not bad to be in there as a junior, coming into a junior season. You know, I'll, I'll fight for that ranking being way too low. But the other side of me, knowing that guy. I kind of like Motivation. it. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I hope that's over there somewhere <laughs> in the facility. Right, right. That's your number sixty-six. <laughs> what was it? Was it him that uh did he burn a, a ranking or something <laughs> last year? Or like stomped on it or something? One of the SEC uh, rankings. I don't know. It was like a USA Today yeah, piece like, of paper. Or right. Something. A prediction on the team yeah, or something that like would, that would finish at the bottom of the SEC. Yeah. So you're. I think you're probably right, Jeff, from a UK football fan standpoint. You want Benny Snow as low as he'll go. Maybe not even make the list because then he'll be even more fired up to have a monster I like junior Avery season. He's, he, he runs with a, a real purpose, especially with something to prove like that. Yeah, like I said, 60, I don't know. I'm just thinking. And, like, I think there's a lot of other things. This, this stuff is so political. You know, we talked about it kind of about in the NBA, in the NBA uh Thing. He's playing, the, and this is the big thing. Whenever I say read him, and I think the kid from Ohio State, Dobbins, I remember watching him. Like, mm-hmm. That guy is nice. So I give him I give him credit being up there, but this dude's playing the SEC. Like you comparing them to people that, like you said, def- what defense, what, what kind of defense are they playing out there? And Benny's going against, and last year was a pretty pretty stout schedule for us. Yeah. You know, we played, against some, we played against some teams, so I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Of course, Kentucky. Of, you know, there's a lot of good players, though, and I like the fact that just from the small sample that Curtis gave there, it seems like they gave some love to the linemen, too, which a lot of times you don't yeah. see a lot of guys end up on that sheet. Now, right. if, if it's a top 100 that has 20, 25 linemen mixed into it, yeah. you know, yeah. I can yeah. I can handle that being yeah. in the 60s. Yeah, they're a little write-up. You know, just it mentioned they were aware of how many rushing yards he had last season. Um, and how he's only 14, 1,411 yards away from the record for a career at Kentucky. Anthony, what do you think? I'll play to you like this. Records with no, I, I no, know. Don't talk about running back records. I ain't talking about that. Spot, man. I know. You still got that running back uh, receiving yards record. I don't think that's going to get touched, right? Is no. that a record? I'm sure it is. So, yeah, something like that. 
Go ahead, man. I'll make, a, I'll make a special indentation in the I'm going to go ahead and say that record's safe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, uh, what, speaking of kind of catching the ball, obviously, is that where can – my question is this. Where can Benny Snell improve? I mean, he's done so much. But what, what does he need to, you know, maybe even take it to a little bit level and another level and you know, get a little bit more respect? I think explosiveness. Uh, I think the biggest thing would be uh, him being able to show, and that's one thing, talking to some, some scouts and just people who watch the game, who has an eye for the game, maybe not just UK diehards. But they, they would like to see him be more explosive. They would like to see him get – I mean, you like, I look at like Saquon Barkley and the big-time people that they expect to make it for a long time. Uh, even Damian Harris, they make it. Damian Harris is not on that list either. Damian I Harris, didn't see I don't him know on that. Harrison. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't see him on. He was not above Benny. No, he wasn't. Let me well, you I didn't can... say it. I can't see how not. But it could not. May not be. Josh Allen's not on there either. Damian Harris is seventieth. See, so he has four. So spots Benny's below. safe then. Whoever those biased jokers are, <laughs> who those, <laughs> those SEC biased jokers, Benny said, "I'll take Benny." If you're going to give Damian Harris seventy, I'll take Benny at sixty-six. But. Uh, no, the big thing, I think he needs to work on explosion. Catching the football, he told me last time we were at camp together that he can catch. I, I mean, it's a whole other level. I said, I, I won't discuss that because my expectations <laughs> are a little lofty. For <laughs> White House, catching the ball. You mentioned Saquon Barkley there. Did you see him in the body issue, Anthony? Why does everybody keep having No, I'm not looking at no body issues. <laughs> it's not the old swimsuit issue from ESPN. No, I'm not looking at any body issues. No. I mean, Carl Towns was in it. And that's I wasn't looking at that either. Hey, oh my. Did you you got a copy of it? No, I don't have a copy of it, but I mean it's all over ESPN. I mean they go cut to it every every sports center hit. They and post one of those stories about it. And I was, Somebody sent me that in a in a text message. And I'm like, dude, like, why are you sending me that? I, it's just interesting. Some some UK fans are very upset at Carl Towns. For what? For uh uh showing his body. Showing his body. Huh. I think that's right. I think that's an inner reflection <laughs> where they're <laughs> misdirecting their anger. You're setting, if it's me, you're setting yes, the expectations I, too high. I am also ticked off at Carl Towns because I get in front of the mirror and I don't look like Right, that. right, right. That is Jeff Drummond. It's the Cats. body shaming issue. That's, that's a good way to put it. It's Jeff Drummond, Cats Illustrated. Anthony White's with us tonight. I'm Curtis Birch. In for Dick D'Abra tonight, we are live from the Patch and Shamrocks. You're listening to Big Blue Insider on the home of the Cats, News Radio 630, WLAP. Welcome back into Big Blue Insider. Bird is Birch in for Dick Gaber tonight. We are live from the Patchin Bar and Grill, Shamrocks. Bar and Grill on Patch and Drive. Joined tonight by Sunday Morning Sports Talks, Anthony White. He also played a little football back in his day. And Cats Illustrated, Jeff Drummond. We're talking about football last segment. We're talking about uh, reclassification in a couple seconds before that. So I thought I'd kind of, you know, join recruiting and football together. And I'm going to show Anthony this picture, and I want to get his reaction. Anthony, what do you think about this graphic right here? This is Dewan McDougal um, about all the schools that he is considering right now. Uh, yeah, the kid. Yeah. Man, I, I don't know how many people want to play with him or whatever, but I mean, maybe he's good. Maybe he, he's just 
a good social media guy just looking for attention, but it's either all look who I am or you're just not taking it serious, one or the other. I'm, I just counted 27 teams on his graphic, and his tweet says, Mama sent me a text that she's proud of me, youngins in the hood watching out for me. Is that a rap lyric? Because if I don't understand a tweet from someone under that's younger than me, I just assume it's a rap lyric. And then I try yeah. not to read too much into it because then you get into weird situations where you're trying to decipher what Lynn Bowden means and everybody freaks out and it didn't actually mean anything. It could yeah, be. I, I need like a an app for an app <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. on Twitter for Lynn Bowden <laughs> stream of consciousness. <laughs> well, we had... We had his. I could. They, the Key and Peele has the, had the Barack Obama interpreter. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah, need yeah, that yeah, from yeah. them. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, we had, we had Michael Smith, the wide receiver coach, on after, and I don't even remember the the exact tweet that uh, kind of got everybody up in arms. It was something sorry to disappoint you guys, and he hashtag BBN or something along those lines, and everybody freaked out, and it didn't mean anything really and michael smith said as much he goes he's just a, a guy that tweets like many young people do and it doesn't mean too much so i try not to read too into too much twitter but anthony are you kind of over all the the lists of guys when they announce and and what's your overall take on that because i'm sure you had a quite a few offers in in your high school day Didn't yeah, it twitter kinda, it kind of shows their mature i think it kind of shows their maturity level like i said like uh damian harrison there's a few guys who handle it the right way respect like i said you kind of respect the university i mean these when universities have been around before you they're going to be around after you and you got to remember the same fan bases and the people that follow you once you once you make a mistake those are the same you know the same people in twitter can be a good thing and like i said there's certain people like even lynn bowden even lynn bowden's things if you don't hashtag a bbn if it's just a rap lyric if you don't hashtag a bbn it's not an issue yeah if you're sorry and it's hashtag the BBN, like why you just if, what are you sorry for? If us, you come man? to me and say you're sorry, I think you hit my car. You've done something. Like, dude, Curtis, what'd you do? Like, I gotta go find out what you did. Don't tell me you're sorry for no just for no reason. But, but yeah, I think social media it makes it fun for for our side because we can kind of interpret some stuff. And as long as you don't take it, you know, too seriously, it's, it's just for fun. Yeah. So. Uh, something else I saw on social media today that was pretty good news for a former UK guy. Tristan Pompey signed with the Marlins for six hundred and forty-five thousand dollars. Putting that That's man's a pretty business good. out there. I didn't do it. I'm just reading a tweet. That'll work. I mean, what do you want me to do? I, I it got a little bit more than apparently the value was. Value was only six hundred forty-two thousand, so got a little little bump. Uh, that's a hey. Not just basketball players making money in the pros from Kentucky. Can, can a young guy enjoy himself in South Beach with six hundred grand? You just gotta yeah, get he, there. <laughs> yeah, he can enjoy himself with three hundred grand. Y'all forgot about Sam, man. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> forgot Hold about Sam, Sam, man. No, oh. that's a gang of money. I, I'll take it in a minute. And then eventually, you can make it. You know, if you make it up to the big leagues, you get a bigger contract. And that's that's always the challenge, as you know, baseball. Jeff loves baseball, so that's always I think one he's going to be a pretty good one, too. I mean, he's got all the tools yeah. to, to really have a future. Uh, there, there's some guys you look and, and you know they're going to have to grind and struggle. And right. It's going to be a long shot. But Tristan Pompey, if, if you just look at him, you're like, man, yeah, that's a guy that's got a real shot. Yeah, another another college baseball news. Uh, the College World Series, I believe, is right on right now. The the final, the three-game series that they're, they're happening, they were rained out yesterday. I think they're on tonight. I don't know if they're actually playing yet or not. But 
put to close the Nick Mangione to, to Mississippi State rumors yesterday because Mississippi State hired Indiana's coach. So no one has to worry about losing Nick Mangione at this point, which I think is great for UK baseball. I think it's absolutely great for him. And, and didn't, are we getting new digs next year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he can't leave before he couldn't have left before that. So you gotta after what happened this season with them narrowly missing the NCAA tournament. If they had lost him, that would have been a crushing blow. Oh. Trying to go into a new facility oh, yeah, and, and getting everybody excited about yeah. filling up those seats. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But he's coming back, and uh, I I don't know from an on-field perspective. But I don't keep locked in on that. But it should just be fun to be able to kind of break in that that new facility. Uh, I, it, talking about coaches, <laughs> it's crazy that dude takes his team, Gary Henderson, on an interim basis all the way to the College World Series and was in the Final Four, basically. So that's basically if a, co- if a basketball coach took a team to the Final Four, he doesn't get to keep his job. That just that just seems crazy to me, honestly. I can, well, not college, but I can name two coaches, Blatt and Mike, Mike, <laughs> Mike uh, Brown. Brown. And Blatt, didn't Blatt take him to the championship and get out of here? Did he even get it? Interim, no. Yeah, it was interim. They fired him in the middle of the season. And yeah. Tyrone Lue came in and got the championship. Yeah, he took the championship. He did a dub, man. I think, I think Blatt still got a, got a ring, though. They mailed it to him from, ever, from wherever he was. But, uh, uh, yeah. I that, think you take this ring in. <laughs> man. <laughs> take it and put it on eBay, Anthony, right? Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> shoving on eBay. Jeff, what do you? I mean, do you think Gary Henderson should have got a shot at Mississippi State, or is that are they a program at the level of Kentucky basketball where they should be looking for a top guy, elite recruiter? Yeah, they they really are. I mean, I don't think a lot of people realize it because just the nature of college baseball not being as big popularity wise, but Mississippi State's a big deal, yeah, nationally in baseball. Uh, some of the best facilities, some of the best fans total commitment to being really good so i could kind of understand uh their thinking their rationale and you know gary was brought in for his expertise in pitching right and that's a big part of what got him to where they are but i, I think they were always kind of looking ahead for the next long-term guy they uh, and they really i think they really would have liked to have stolen uh louisville's guy yeah <laughs> He got, a, he got a little raise. You know, that would have been ideal age-wise, yeah. future. He could have been there a long time. Um, but, no, I, I wasn't too surprised given Gary's age and yeah. and, and, and where he's been traditionally in, in the whole pecking order. I did The other kind of coaching rumor that's out there now is the fact that, and this is going to upset Anthony, I think, a lot, Rachel Lawson rumored to be interested. In, well, Oregon is rumored to be interested in her because they just lost their coach to Texas, who stole Kentucky's uh, track and field coach, uh, Edric Florial. So, I mean, Texas is just kind of the root of all evil from for UK athletics standpoint if if Boston does eventually take that Oregon duck job. Well, if, if, if it's Oregon, I can't really be mad at her. But if she doesn't let me know, if she doesn't tell me first, <laughs> hey, you know, like, you know, give me a personal call. Like, hey, hey, buddy, I, you know, I appreciate everything, you know, the support. But she just shows up in Oregon, you know, just kind of, man, just I. Flies out without even saying anything to you. Yeah, I, I'll have an issue. I won't support her. I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to unfollow her. <laughs> well, that'll teach her. Yeah. You unfollow her on Twitter. Yeah. That'll be that'll be the end of that. I am blocker. 
So when she's going to try to respond, after you do, you unfollow somebody, you send a message, unfollow them, then block them. So then when they try to send you a message, it says, cannot reach this user. I'm, I'm opposite, though, man. I do the mute. I like the mute over the block because the mute lets people, like, think that they're communicating with you, with you, but then you never respond. So if you got somebody muted, they'll send you a question, and you just won't answer, and then they'll think you're ignoring them, which you are. I think that cuts a little deeper than like letting people know that you got to them so much that they had to block you. No, you, I got. They got to know. It got to be the frustration. Yeah, it got to be a frustration. I, hey, it has to be the frustration of trying to get back. How many people you got back. blocked? Nobody. What's your block like? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked at that thing. I'm, I've never really blocked anybody. <laughs> I saw one time we were talking about Anthony Davis earlier in the show. Uh, somebody tweeted somebody at something stupid, you know, a ridiculous right. comment, and all they sent back was a. a a gif of Anthony Davis just swatting a shot. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they immediately put him on block. I've seen that. I've seen that uh, that, that had me cracking up. Uh, I thought that was really clever. If you're, if you're going to block somebody, I remember that, you, ought to, you ought to go at it about that way. If you want to join in the show, you can give us a shout, uh, 280-2287, or um, tweet us at BigBlueInsider1 or at Curtis Birch. And actually, we have reconnected with Dennis who is on the line. I'm sure Dennis has a football question. What's up, Dennis? Hey, guys. Yeah, a couple football questions here. Number one, this 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 kid, Travis Tisdale, the running back that committed to UK. Anybody got to him? Of course, I've seen some clips of him uh, online. Of course, it looks really fast, but, you know, but then again, um, anybody heard what kind of a 40 he runs? I think there was a pretty. Uh, I'll, I'll try to look it up, but it was it was a pretty good run. It was a pretty good uh, rate. He's typically yeah, in that in that four or five range that you expect. You know, your top backs to be at. He's. I wouldn't describe him as a burner. You know, a speed right. breakaway home run type guy, but he's definitely got more than enough speed um, for that position with his size. What makes you happy, Dennis? You said what, what I mean, makes you want what is for well, Yeah, what, what, what would have made you happy to hear? Well, I mean, he doesn't look very. Bad. It, he, I think that what, what I heard, he's five nine and one ninety. So I mean, well, he's not that. Not, if you're not five ten and two twenty, you probably have some breakaway speed. I got the ESPN profile up, and he's listed five nine one sixty six, but his forty time is four four five. So that's pretty quick. Okay. That's Craig East, Dennis. If you if you're interested, that's Craig East. Typically, size. as a warning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Unless you got that electronically documented, you want to add. Yeah. Yeah. Point, yeah. Point one five. <laughs> yeah. On average. What else you got for us, Dennis? Um, what position as far as football? And I, and I'm I'm pretty sure what you guys are going to say, but what position are you, are you most concerned about going into uh, the season? Who? Wide Anthony. receiver. That's that's where I was kind of leaning. A lot of guys that have talent. Thanks for the call, Dennis. Um, we'll break that down. Um, oh, we'll do what we'll do here real quick is I'll go to both of you. You got wide receiver, Jeff. What are you thinking? You know, I I'm still wondering about linebacker. Linebacker. Okay. You know, until some questions get answered. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of on Anthony's side. Wide receiver. There are question marks, and we're gonna we're gonna break that down further um, after this break. 
because uh, we're going to do some research and, and get our numbers in order. Or Anthony will just know it all because that's how smart he is about football. Um, that's Ant- Ant- we're Ant- joined by Anthony White tonight, Jeff Drummond. I'm Curtis Birch, in for Dick Gabriel. We're live at the Shamrock's Bar and Grill on Patch and Drive. And you're listening to Big Blue Insider on the home of the Cats, News Radio 630 WLAP. I think this might be cover night. Bo's playing some bodacious covers. At least that's what I picked up on a couple of them. Fortnite. Everything is Fortnite. I just see that all over my social media. Fortnite. Everything night. Fork knife? I got a fork and a knife right here. You said this is Fortnite music. It's a cover night. All right. Hold on, let me, I forgot. <laughs> a lot more chaotic for Fortnite. <laughs> well, they do that. Well, they, what do the kids call it? The floss where they move right. their hand? I don't know what the heck's happening there. but People trying to chase you and shoot you. <laughs> That's Jeff Drummond, Cats Illustrated. Uh, Anthony White, uh, uh, Sunday Morning Sports Talk, and UK football fame. He was a running back. Um, when we were getting into that break, we were discussing, uh, caller Dennis asked who... What position we're most concerned about going to Kentucky football next season? Anthony said wide receiver. I agreed with him, and Jeff said linebacker. So we'll start with the oddball out. Jeff, what are you? Why are you concerned about linebacker? Well, I I really like the raw talent that they have at, at the position, but you lose a guy in Courtney Love, who was you know fairly productive. And extremely valuable, you know, from a leadership and experience standpoint. He'd been through the the battles Mm -hmm. in there. Uh, Cash Daniels, a guy we're all excited to see. But other than special teams and a few backup snaps, we really haven't seen him have to be the man in the middle of the defense. Yeah, for an extended period of time. So it's a it's a big question. Well, and I'll give uh, I completely I agree with all that and the fact that you know there's been some. Some injury concerns, you know, this off season, where they were, they were Jordan Jones is out, uh, so they were running um, square, uh, right? Uh, as a true, true freshman, he was an early enrollee <laughs> during that stuff. So very he, impressive, too. Yeah, it, it, that goes to your point about raw talent from a lot of guys, but you haven't seen a ton of it. And on top of that, you have some injuries, and you're replacing such a a stud in in Courtney Love. Anthony, what do you think about those linebackers? I gotta ask, I'm gonna ask Drummond one question, Drummond. <laughs> you're worried about the linebackers because you got you got a lot of unanswered questions. We haven't seen these guys play, right? Right. And Curtis and I say receiver, right? Now tell me, you gonna worry about a position where there's a lot of upside? You haven't seen them play, as opposed to worrying about a position where you have seen them play and they haven't done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you gonna worry about something you don't know about rather than know about worry about what's right in front of you? One one of the coaches' <laughs> favorite things to say. All the time is the the biggest jump and improvement happens for a player between freshman and sophomore year, and I think the talent is there at wide receiver. The talent's been there for four years. Well, but come on. And I think they're going to have a guy back there, no matter whose camp people are in, yeah. that yeah. thinks going to be the starter. That's going to be able to maybe deliver it a little bit better. And that's not taking anything away. Well, I mean, from from Stephen Johnson, he's he's admitted it himself that he missed throws, so that's not taking a shot at him. I, One of I the don't best think. winners that this program's ever had. Right. But it wasn't his strength; wasn't you know throwing the ball consistently yeah. down the field. Well, and I mean, 
I think he had a major surgery on every joint in his body after he finished up at UK, right? Was it two knees and a shoulder? <laughs> I mean, so with with dealing with that stuff, there's probably going to be an inaccurate throw or, or two during a game, so I don't think it's a knock on him. But I, I agree with Anthony because I, I think you're dependent. I mean, let's run it down like this. Who do you think are going to be the top receivers for Kentucky next year? At top of the list, probably Taven Richardson, Lynn Bowden, right? You don't, why does everybody keep not? I don't. Well, not know Dorian sat out a year, but why yeah, Dorian. Well, that's. I, I mean, I kind yeah. of, I kind of forgot about him because yeah. he was out last year. So, those are. But that's still kind of a question mark, you know. Yeah. How yeah, healthy can he come back? And you know, yeah. everything seemed to be going well in his rehab, but that's still kind of a a concern. You don't want guys. You want guys to be fully healthy. I like I like Zaire Hughes. I like him as a sleeper. I like Hughes, man. He he just kind of stood out for some reason to me. He made some extra catches. I think he made a little extra effort. Kind of little Juice Johnson mode mm-hmm. to me. A lot of wiggle after. Yeah, the yeah, that's what I like about him. That's what I like about but him. But I, I thought we saw things from Epps and Ali yeah. At, yeah. at the end of last season to, to make me feel pretty good. And, and Bowden, who is still learning the position for the most part, he hadn't you know been around right, right. the wide receiver spot a lot in, in his past. So everybody over there says this is going to be you know the huge breakout for him this season. And I'm, I'm kind of banking on that as – believing they'll be okay at that spot. And Anthony can attest. I've, I've been in the Taven Richardson camp for a few years now. Yeah. I think he's just looks like he, could, he looks the part and can play the part. You know, it's just kind of getting in the ball in certain systems. And, and there was a lot of guys that were similar to him the past couple of seasons that are now out. And the wild card is them talking about uh, using C.J. Conrad as the in the Gronkowski mm. yeah. flanked yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, saw so, so you may you may see them – kind of counter what's perceived as a weakness yeah. by making a strength, you know, eight on that, that wide yeah. Crew. Right, right. All right, we're about to wrap up here, but I do want to leave you guys with this bit of news. We talked about Shea Gilgis-Alexander's beautiful suit earlier in the show, and he is probably celebrating right now because uh, Adrian Wojnarowski just tweeted out that the Los Angeles Clippers are going to trade Austin Rivers to the Washington Wizards. So... It becomes what a guy who might have been playing in front of Shea to a certain extent because his dad's the coach. Right. Now he's John Wall's problem. And so <laughs> Alexander's looking at more playing time next season as a rookie, which he's probably happy about. He should auction that suit off for charity. Oh, you know he's going to auction it off. Nah, he might like keep it in a special place in his closet. Secretly get another one made. And don't Ooh, tell that's how you do it. it that's how you do it right yeah. there. That mastermind right there is Anthony White. You can hear him every Sunday morning on Sunday Morning Sports Talk on these very airwaves. He's joined by Larry Vaught, Mark Berger, and some other producer. Jeff Drummond was with us tonight. He's on, you can read his work on Cats Illustrated. Uh, both give you guys Twitter handles out real quick. A.White, D-O-T-W-H-I-T-E. J-Drum, U-K. And I'm Curtis Birch, in for Dick Gabriel this season, this evening. Thanks to everybody here at the Patch and Shamrocks. Thanks to Drake Onsite producer and Bo back at the studio. You've been listening to Big Blue Insider on the home of the Cats, News Radio 630 WLAP.